0: Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma crew. I am so happy you are here today. If you are listening on the day this podcast comes out, it is November 1st, and most adoptees know that this is National Adoption Month. And what exactly is National Adoption Month? Well, I went on the childwelfare.gov site and it says National Adoption Month is an initiative of the Children's Bureau that seeks to increase national awareness of adoption issues, bring attention to the need for adoptive families for teens in the U.S. foster care system and emphasize the value of youth engagement. So my question is, what adoption issues exactly are they addressing? Well, it says, each year we focus our outreach and awareness efforts on a new adoption-related theme to help support professionals working each day to find permanency for children and youth and foster care in their communities. This year's National Adoption Month theme is Small Steps, Open Doors. And then they go on to talk about pursuing permanency for teens and how challenging that can be. And I went on a tab that's called Permanency Planning with Youth on the site, and it talks about you know learning how to be authentic and honest and respectful, um, developing relationship framework. It has a few videos of um, you know a couple of kids' stories, and kind of really on the surface things on how to build connections with youth and adversity and all those things, but they're really not getting to the root of the problem here. Now let me stop right there because I have been hearing some horrific stories about the foster care system, and there are a large group of people that are rising up and basically accusing the welfare system of kidnapping their children. The allegations are that the child was placed in foster care for probably a good reason, but that either the family members are getting themselves together or there is a capable family member willing to take that child in. But the foster care system and the courts of the foster care system will take that child legally away from its family because the child is of a highly adoptable age and the states get kickbacks for adopting children out. So every time a child is adopted, the state gets money. So there are many families out there that are saying that their child was kidnapped legally from them and their parental rights were stripped from them and the foster care system adopts these children out and these are closed adoptions and you lose your child forever you have no rights you have no idea where they went you have no idea who they're with and your child is just gone So I went online today and looked at the U.S. House of Representatives Office of the Law Revision Council, United States Code. And I really had to dig, dig, dig to find this information. But it's under adoption and legal guardianship incentive payments. And in a nutshell, if your state is in what they call an incentive eligible state for a fiscal year, and this fiscal year happens to start October 30th of 2022, and this is what it says. If you are a younger child being adopted in the foster care system, your state receives $5,000 for every child. If your child is pre-adolescent, which they consider nine to anyone less than 14 years of age is considered pre-adolescent, your state gets $7,500 for every child. If your child is 14 and over and considered the older child adoption, you get $10,000 per child. According to the Administration for Children and Families, 49 states plus District of Columbia are awarded bonuses for increasing the number of children adopted from foster care. And it says the funding announced by HHS's administration for children and families can be used to enhance the state's child welfare system. And if you scroll down on the page a little bit, it says quick facts. The qualifying states and the District of Columbia earned a total of 70.4 million dollars in adoption incentive awards. The highest annual total amount ever earned. Tell me this is not a business. We are selling children. It's disgusting. And if this doesn't make you mad, turn this podcast off right now and just stop listening. First of all, why does a state need incentives? Why do you need an incentive to try and find a child a home? Why? And when it says the funding can be used to enhance the child's the state's child welfare system. Do you really think that's where it's going? Do you really think it's going back into the system to help other children? Let's be real. This is a government-based incentive program. Why don't we put that money to good use and put it towards education of adopting a foster child or any child that's been taken from their families or Why don't we use that money to research and help the suicide rate of adoptees and foster care children? That is four times the national average. Why don't we put that money into figuring out why 50 percent of the prison population is either adopted or was in the foster care system? Why don't we put the money into that? Instead of putting it in the pockets of bureaucrats and who knows where it's going. Because that little word can be used to put back into the foster care system is bullshit. It's just bullshit. Let's be honest. And in my state of California, we top the list of how much money has been made off of these children. And there's been a few years where they got zero because they must have not met their quota, But since this program has started, California has made over $81 million in selling children from the foster care system. Now, I know in the big pot of money that California makes, $81 million doesn't matter. But why don't we not look at the dollars and look at each child's face? Each child has a dollar sign on their face and they are taken away from their families when they have possibly a capable guardian that is a family member and the state still takes them away i am literally and utterly disgusted by these incentives and like i said these are allegations that a lot of people are making that this has happened to them and their children in fact it might have happened to rick feltner that was on the podcast a couple months ago His grandmother was totally willing and able to keep him. And for some reason, the foster care system ripped him away from his family when he was a toddler and adopted him out. And he didn't see them till he was a teenager and there was able to be a reunion with his family. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know why he was ripped from his family. He never really found out. And he is trying to find those records through the foster care system in his state right now. So hopefully at some point he'll get those and get his answers and maybe we can get him back on to find out what really happened. But these are things that people don't know. These are things that the foster care system and trying to adopt these children out, they try to make this Disneyland and they are making money off of these children. They're making money off of our children. I've been trying to get somebody on here that has been through this experience and they have committed to coming on, but have not committed to actually doing the interview yet. But I'm really wanting to hear a story from someone that it's happened to and educate everyone, because if this is true, and I believe it is, this needs to stop and we all need to rise up, and do something about it. It's horrific. These are people's children that are being legally abducted and sold. And on the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, as I'm looking at a chart here, the total amount that has been awarded to all of the states that are eligible for the incentives is Almost $900 million that have been awarded for these children. $900 million. I'd love to know what pocket all that money went into. It is morally wrong to put a dollar sign on a child. It's morally wrong to put a dollar sign on adopting a child and loving a child And a lot of these families that have their children taken away don't have the money or resources or knowledge on how to fight for their children. I've heard some horrible stories and they're just, it's just so scary. And once these children have been taken, then you have all these court proceedings and filings. And meanwhile, your child is with strangers. And this can take years and years and years and I've even just been reading stories online um, of the New York Times and this one was asking what I spent to adopt my child and they were saying it depends on what kind of adoption you know what state and or is it coming from foster care is it coming from a private adoption and so the price varies but i'm just shocked it said when adopting through an agency costs can vary by state ranging from 20,000 to 45,000 according to the child welfare information gateway that's a ton of money <laughs> that's so much money to adopt and then so this these this other couple on here They decided to adopt through the foster care system. They adopted a nine-year-old boy, and it didn't cost them anything. It cost them gas and their time, and that was it. And then they were able to get money from the state until the child aged out at 18, even though they legally adopted him. They still got money through the state for this child every month. It said they received $1,000 a month from the state of California after their adoption was finalized. They dedicated half of this money for day-to-day costs, and the other half they put into a college savings account. So the child had like $60,000 in their account by the time they were 20 and enrolled in college. And the couple said they stressed that this financial assistance had little to do with their decision to pursue foster care. They said, I would hate for anyone to choose this simply because it's the cheapest option. The real advantage, he said, was the additional resources offered to families who adopt through the foster care system. Though it varies by state, this support can include things like continued access to health care coverage, educational vouchers, waivers, and post-adoption support. And this was said by Rita Sorensen, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. The article goes on to say, when asked to total the out-of-pocket expenses the couple allocated toward their adoption, they said, at the risk of sounding glib, gas money, otherwise nothing, no processing fees or surprise $1,000 bills here and there, and that's very typical of the foster care experience. I'm just having the hardest time wrapping my head around all of this right now. If you are going to take on a child, you should be able to afford the child. In every way, why are we giving a thousand dollars a month to children that are being adopted? I don't understand that. Although, that's great that there is a cheaper resource for you to be able to adopt a child. Should you be adopting a child if you are getting a thousand dollars to help raise that child every month from the government? Maybe in the long run, that's a lot cheaper than keeping a child in the system. I don't know. It probably is. But I would think that that should be a requirement that you would be able to provide for that child, not just in being a family and everything that comes with that, but also monetarily as well. There's another story on here of a single woman that went to an agency And it was a flat fee for everything, $36,000, which has gone up as of 2019 to $46,000. The article says she eventually got matched with a newborn girl who exhibited certain risk factors. Doesn't say what those were. As an incentive, I hate that word now, for prospective parents to consider matching with children with special needs like ongoing therapeutic or medical attention, They waive professional fees. And in this instance, this led to a discount of $15,000. And then she went to an adoption event and learned of a scholarship program. And she put in her application and she was awarded $13,000. Is it me or is all I'm hearing is money, 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 money? So I googled what do adoption fees go for and I ended up on this site of AmericanAdoptions.com and it said one of the things your fee goes to is advertising. The site says we also advertise in crisis pregnancy centers, yellow pages, hospitals, social media and other adoption websites just to name a few. Another thing that your money goes to is what they call networking They network with hundreds of other adoption professionals throughout the United States. So they work with baby brokers, basically, to find you a baby. You might live in Florida, and these baby brokers will network with American adoptions and work out a deal for your baby. Other fees are home studies, travel and lodging, court fees, and medical and living expenses for the birth parent. Of course, that's the cost of a domestic adoption. And again, for foster care, here's another story where they said it basically was nothing. And through our adoption classes, it was very clear that there would be little or nothing out of pocket with our adoption. The classes, home study, fingerprints, and background checks all covered. Even our lawyer costs for adoption were covered in full. At least this article on today.com says unexpected adoption fees. Even with careful planning, there may be additional fees and expenses that prospective parents should budget for during the adoption process. Depending on the circumstance and age of a child when adopted, there may be need for a post-adoption medical or mental health assistance. Thank goodness they said that there may also be legal fees to consider since adoption is a legal exchange Families may want to consider engaging an attorney, even if one is not required, to assure that all aspects of the adoption are handled appropriately. And you know, while I'm researching this stuff, I'm really having to dig for the information, even just what do the fees go for. It's just so vague and it, it doesn't really say exactly what the fees go for. It took a lot of digging to just find the few things that I did find. So now on AmericanAdoptions.com, I went to the Are You Pregnant section. And it's saying choosing adoption for your child is a decision based on love and the desire to give him or her the best possible life. It's heroic. Yes, it might be heroic, but they also forgot horrific because you are giving your baby away and that's difficult it is difficult 95 percent of the time and the top three benefits of adoption that they list here it says a loving family who will always cherish them the ability to stay connected with you through open adoption which is good a good thing the ability to grow up and become the person they are meant to be All of these things that I have just mentioned are the narratives that are false. Yes, the birth mother is heroic in trying to find a better life for their child, but at what cost? And do these agencies give these mothers some kind of counseling afterwards? And maybe not even right away. I mean, I would imagine that at first their narrative that they're telling themselves in their mind is I am a hero. I'm doing this for a good reason and all the things that we all hear and say to mothers who have given their child up for adoption. But what about down the road, especially for closed adoptions? What about down the road when that narrative just isn't working anymore? and they're sad they're depressed they're suicidal what happens then are these agencies still around 10 years later are they around 20 years later when they reach out to that child finally and are rejected by their child and the child doesn't want reunion where are these agencies then There's another section on the site that says, do mothers get paid for adoption? And it says, you cannot be paid to choose adoption, nor can you sell your baby. Well, that's funny because you can sell my baby, but I can't sell my baby. Interesting. So legal for you, illegal for me. Although we all know the loopholes in this uh, conversation, we've heard them through surrogates and things like that. And it says there's a lot of misconceptions out there about this adoption compensation for birth mothers, what it means and what it looks like to get financial assistance. But you may be eligible for financial assistance when putting a baby up for adoption. They say there is a difference between giving a baby up for adoption for money and receiving adoption financial assistance during your pregnancy. If someone offers to give you money to give your baby up for adoption, you could be considered trafficking and it can have serious legal consequences. So your adoption fees can go toward them advertising and trafficking, but it's illegal for you to sell your baby because that's considered trafficking and it's illegal. So let's get back to what the financial assistance, what financial assistance is legal And it says your living expenses for um, when you're pregnant. So it says your rent and utilities, food, transportation, maternity clothing, phone service, and much more. So what is the much more? Is that the little fine line where you do actually get paid to give up your baby and it's not considered trafficking? It says, your adoption professional will speak with you to learn more about your possible financial needs and create a plan for covering your expenses during the adoption process. The only word that comes to mind is loopholes. Loopholes so that you can get paid to give your baby up legally and not get in trouble for trafficking. The next part I'm gonna read, I'm a little scared because it says, how do children feel about being adopted? What it feels like to be adopted your guide to your children's feelings. Really? Okay. This is going to be difficult. So it says by placing your baby for adoption, you can give them a lifetime of love and opportunity because obviously you as the birth mother cannot do that. So through adoption, you can give your baby two loving parents who have been longing and preparing for a child for years. And then it says, choose those parents here. And they have like a whole library of photos of parents. So basically, these people are getting chosen because of the way they look and not the kind of people they are. So that's there's that your child will grow up in a safe, stable, comfortable home where they will have every opportunity you want for them. They can't guarantee that. That's ridiculous. Your child will know that the amazing life they have with their family is because of your brave decision. And in in bold print, it says you will be their hero. And I'm not trying to negate the fact that, yes, most of these women are trying to give their child what they would think is a better life than they could give them. I do believe in their hearts that is the goal. But I. I bet you if you ask them down the road do you feel like a hero? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not a birth mother, but I've seen the hurt and pain and I've seen it on different sites on Facebook and in articles and in things that I've researched that they're hurting too. And the word hero probably doesn't feel like it quite fits because of the pain. The pain is still there. But when you have these agencies and the propaganda and all the noise telling you that you did the right thing, why are you sad? You shouldn't be sad. You gave your child a better life. None of that matters. None of that matters. You still gave your child up. It hurts and it's painful. And why will nobody acknowledge that? Because it doesn't feel good and it doesn't look good. So the birth mother sits there hurting and has no one to talk to and no one understands. And nowhere on this site do I see anything about them saying to the birth mother, this is probably not going to be easy for you. But we are here for you through that instead of we're here for you financially because I can pretty much guarantee down the road that money is gone and spent and it didn't matter in the first place anyway. And then under the how I feel about being adopted, they put a 8-year-old little boy that's been adopted and they exploit him on there and ask him a bunch of questions and he says all the right things when he's 8 years old and he has no idea what he's talking about and i was going to repost this video but i really think it might just be too triggering it's 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 horrible it's horrible what they're doing to this child and he's just parroting you know being a little parrot to everything that he has heard as the narratives that have been put in his head that everyone has told him you're so lucky your mom was just she was a hero she gave you up look it you got this great life and we love you and we do all these things and we buy you everything you want and isn't it great yes it's great but my mother still didn't want me. And the child isn't old enough to come to that conclusion yet. Most of us don't come to that conclusion until we are in our 40s, 50s. I mean, I've seen a few people come to that conclusion earlier on, but man, in my 20s I was still way in the fog and just not wanting to acknowledge any of the pain. I didn't it's that's, that's no fun and who wants to listen to that anyway? Nobody wants to listen to that. So who was I going to tell? Who was I going to talk to? Trust me when I say, if I could go back and make a choice whether I wanted to be adopted or not, and my life would be like it is and, and was, I wouldn't change a thing. I would totally be adopted by my family all over again. I do believe it was the right decision, and that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about here. And I know it's hard for people to wrap their brains around this concept. It's like getting a transplant of an organ and you're super grateful. Thank you so much for giving me a kidney, or, you know, somebody had to die to give me this heart so that I could live. I'm super grateful. But at the same time, this isn't the heart that I was born with. This isn't my biological heart, and so I have to take all these medications, and I have to be very careful, and maybe I have restrictions, and but I'm super grateful. I mean, I'm alive, but there's still a scar here in my chest where I had my transplant, and it's painful. And I know I come up with some of these silly analogies, but I'm just trying to give you something to think about and maybe understand what I'm saying, because I understand how difficult it is to say, I get it now. I get what you're saying. I get it. Because we've all been told the narrative, all of us, everyone. But from an adoptee's perspective, it's gratitude and grief all rolled up into one. And it's difficult to wade through all of that because for me, for me, I am grateful. And the gratitude is huge. I couldn't ask for a better family and I would never, ever want to change it. But I still have my scar. So those are the things that I have to deal with. And I am trying to get some understanding out there for other people to wrap their brains around what adoptees are thinking and going through. I guess the bottom line is, have you ever made a decision that you know was the right thing to do, but it still hurt? I think we've all been in that position where we've had to make a hard decision, which brings me to the last thing that I want to bring up today. And you might hear my voice break a little bit right now, but I had to make a hard decision last week, a super hard decision that I knew was the right thing, but it was hard. I know you all know my sidekick, Tom Lynn, because you've all heard him snoring during the podcast when I'm recording, and you may have noticed that you didn't hear that today. I had to put my baby down a few days ago. He was not in good health and needed major surgery that I wasn't sure was going to give him any quality of life in the end. And so I had to make that hard decision to put him down. I don't think I've cried that much in my entire life than when I had to do that. But I knew it was the right thing to do. The hardest thing ever, but the right thing to do. And how would that feel if I couldn't tell you that and have you sympathize with me? And I think that's what a lot of birth mothers go through as well as adoptees is yes, it was the right thing, but it can still be painful at the same time. And it's nice hearing people tell me that they agree that I did the right thing, but it's even a better feeling when, someone can just sympathize with the pain that I'm feeling at the moment. Sometimes hearing that you're right is okay. But having someone sit with you in your pain and understand, even if they've never had to go through it before, is huge. And that is what the adoptee community is asking of you. And that is what I'm assuming birth mothers are asking you to do as well. Sometimes doing the heroic thing really can suck. (laughs) So I know there was a lot of heavy things said on the podcast today, and I want to remind you that if you need to talk to someone, do not hesitate to find a therapist. I am not a therapist. I'm here to listen if you need to talk but I am not a licensed therapist, so please seek one out if you need to. This month can be a very triggering month with everything that's out there. And even for me, just doing the research for this podcast was very difficult and watching some of the videos and things. So you know what? If it's too much for you, just don't. Just don't do it. Stay off of social media, do some self-care, whatever you need to do to survive this month Adoption Awareness Month if you are looking for support Fireside Adoptees and Fireside Constellation on Facebook pages the links are in the show notes if you are looking for a place to find like-minded people last but not least don't forget to like rate and share the podcast to your friends anyone that you think might need to hear it One last thing, I had a lot of opinions in today's podcast, so I always sign off with take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. And I'll see you next time. Oh my gosh, Tomlin. Are you serious? This is what I put up with, guys.